Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Um, again, it's going a little stir crazy, but uh, wow. but physically fine. <laughs> I just don't know when this is going to stop, but I I just feel like a caged animal. Anyway, I, I should Everybody. say I should count my blessings and just say I don't have the coronavirus. I don't know anyone personally who has it, and so. I have to just say, you know, suck it up, Lynn, and be done with things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, yeah. it's not an easy thing, and and yeah, I think we all just, you know, again, I say that, but grateful, grateful, grateful. That's what we have to be. Um, but it is just, it's scary still, mm-hmm. and it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet you see so many, you know, I just love seeing those um, uh, videos of the people who are getting out and all the hospital staff clapping for them and mm-hmm. um, who have recovered. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. So, yeah, um, and, and again, you know, the reports are always the worst thing. So, as they said, yeah. there's so many people who had it who had no symptoms or symptoms that they were able to deal with and, and move beyond it. So, um, uh, but these nursing home situations, and of course, I think everybody realized that would be uh, what would happen because the elderly, yep. um, I just... I just think about that, and I think I, I am. I would be so scared for my mother right now, you know, as would you. Yeah. So, uh, yep. or my father, mm-hmm. my grandmother. It's, um, it's tough. Well, my mom it is. My mom was on um, nebulizers and oxygen, and all that stuff for a couple of years before she passed. She would have been a perfect candidate, you know, for this virus. And I'm just so thankful that that we never had to deal with that. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, I know. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's all a, it's it's all a good thing, but um, it's uh, uh, I I'm the more it, it, the the longer this goes on, I, I think we all. I said I feel like I literally am crawling out of my skin. 
and I think I said that last week, it's just getting, it's getting worse. I don't mind the, um, it's not even being trapped in my house because there's always a million things we can do there, right? Which I yes. kind of did this morning, a couple more things, that, and you can walk outside. Um, today's a beautiful day. Um, on Thursday, a little cool, but nice. And, um, you know, I try to, I try to get out, like, couple times a week just to go for a ride or just to be outside it's just important I think it's the only way to stay sane so yeah but um so I want to tell you we were talking about the story on I was out I had a few things I had to mail something and had to pick something um up the other day and I was out and I had a FedEx uh, package that had to be dropped off. It's been in my car for a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. But since I haven't yeah. been in my car much, I forgot it was in the back seat. So I put it in the front seat so I wouldn't forget. And I looked up where I could drop off FedEx. And so both of the hospitals had a drop off, but one was inside and one was out. I wasn't sure which one was which. So I first went to Moses Taylor and as I was driving on Quincy, I went underneath that um, tunnel that you know links the buildings the and I went underneath and there was a FedEx truck parked right beyond the tunnel on the on the in the right across from the main entrance so I mm-hmm. pulled up next to him and rolled my window down and he pulled his window open and he said um I said hi could you tell me where is the drop-off for FedEx he said well actually it's right here he said if you pull it in front I'll, I'll, I'll take it from you. I said, oh, God, that'll be great. So I pulled in and parked, and then I went to grab the bag out of my passenger, off the passenger seat, and I noticed that he was at the passenger window. So I rolled my window down, and I handed him the bag, the package, and I said, I'm like, thank you so much. I said, this, that's, that's so nice of you. And he said, oh, my pleasure. So, you know, just be safe. And um, so I said, well, I said I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you because Liz we know we talked about this one episode with a a federal a FedEx driver yeah. a while ago um which was yeah. not favorable so I said I'm going to give you a big shout out because um you're um you're I can you know I can tell because I said you're just a nice guy and I thank you for doing this so I'm going to give you I said I have a radio show um on Saturday mornings and he said oh no I said I have a radio show and he said which one and I said the Laurie and Lynn show he said I listen to that every week and I said you do and he said I do I said well I'm Laurie Cadden and you know can't shake hands but he said it was so nice to put a face to the voice and I he said and you know I know it's 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 very ladylike meaning all lady women information for women he said but I love it because I understand a little better. I said, well, we think a lot of guys listen to it. It's a good way to understand your wife and come from hearing it from two chicks who have been around a while. (laughs) And he said, I think it's great. And I said, well, tell me what your name is. And he said, well, you don't have to. I said, no, no, what's your name? He's like, Joe. So then we talked a little more, and I said, Joe, all right, give me your whole name. 
He said Joe Carroll. So a big shout out to Joe Carroll, Yay. who is with FedEx in the Hill section. Nice Irish guy. I said, you, Joe, you're his, he's got the map of Ireland all over his face. I said, he is adorable. <laughs> Nicest guy. And, of course, we always give big shout outs to um, people who are, you catch them being good. But also the yeah. fact that he's a fan of ours and listens, that's even better. So big yes, shout out. To Joe Carroll with FedEx, he'll, he's a delivery, uh, he has the, the route in the Hill section, and he's a great guy and very kind. So thanks, Joe, and big shout out. And thanks Yay, for listening and Joe. keep listening. Get all your friends, Joe. Tell them to listen. <laughs> but it's so good because, as I said, I just love when people are, you know, they're just so kind. So um, Yes, it's very nice. Yeah, it and works. It's interesting that in this situation in the midst of this pandemic we have been noticing the niceness of a lot of people and and not just noticing it but having it be on the news and having some celebrity status attached to it which is a great thing but when you talk about the kids who are making the masks and the ones no. that buy all the the masks um to protect the called. face shields, face shields. Yes, and, and everybody is just doing what they can to help. And it's just a wonderful thing because it's an opportunity for us to truly unite as a, comp as a country rather than the divisiveness that's existed for so long before that. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, you know, we're all Americans. We're all in this. We are citizens of the world, actually. And the world is experiencing this. It's not something confined no, to our everybody, borders. It's everywhere. Every, that's the thing about this, as we've said before, it's it's every single person is affected in the same way. Not yeah. everything, you know, everyone has to deal with it. It's not, no one's immune. So um, nope. that's not the right word to use there, but you know what I mean. No one is, uh, yes. it, it doesn't discriminate. Let's put it that way. So it's, mm -hmm. it's all good in the sense that we all know, we all can relate to the way other people feel because it's everyone's feeling it the same way. Um, and of course, yeah. uh, the, um, the goodness that always comes out of these as as what what's um what is uh, uh mr rogers always say his mother said in a times of tragedy you look for the helpers and i yes. think that that really is what happens people shine through there's so many people who want to do something they just want they're they're, they're not content just doing nothing so you know mm -hmm. like you said making the mask or doing anything taking you know and i love those pictures of nursing homes when baby little guys are on the outside and they're touching the hands of their grandma or great grandma on the inside or grandpa it's yes. those are i cry i can't tell you how much i cry watching these things <laughs> you know whether it's a walmart oh. commercial or a car yes. commercial or whatever it is it's they're beautifully done and they really um they touch they touch your heart so um and and you know the i think everybody's so anxious lynn now because they want to get back to normal when is this going to happen mm -hmm. you know listening to um uh, governor cuomo yesterday i saw a little um soundbite that said um that he he said until there's a vaccine and someone said well how long do you think that is now he's this is purely speculative but he said yeah. 12 to 18 months and yep. you just 
I, I don't know. So what did I do last night so I could laugh and just um, while I was on my exercise bike, I binge watched Grace and Frankie, the rest of um, season six. <laughs> and I and was it worth it? Yeah, well, it's fabulous, and I just, I am, I cannot tell you, and I've watched every single one, some of them three times, and it's so funny and so well done, and supposedly next, the season that, I don't know if they have it finished or they were working on it, I don't know, is the last and final season, which would be seven, supposedly, but I'll tell you, we need more things like that, because I'm watching also Homeland, and I didn't watch it from the beginning, I kind of watched yeah. it here and there, and, and so the last couple seasons I've been watching, and now, of course, um, there's two more, supposedly two more shows, and that's it's the finale. But watching that with all of what's going on is like, as much as it's very compelling to watch, and I do, and I like it, it's also like loaded with like anxiety because of it. And I'm thinking, don't have this epidemic and watch Homeland at the same time. You're crazy, which no, is what I am. But no. but watching funny stuff like the Kaminsky Method, which is hysterical, which I've already watched both seasons, and, and Grace and Frankie, it's, I was laughing. It's one of those things where I was laughing so hard out loud by myself. <laughs> And I was on my exercise bike, too, so that was good work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it just makes you feel like, okay, there's – and I want to start watching the fabulous – Miss. Um, what is it? The marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Mrs. Maisel. I want to stop that show. or start that. Yeah. That so it, things that are uplifting, that's what I want. Yeah. It's just it, – there's so much good Jewish, Yiddish-type – humor in it that and it's it's so new york and it's so wonderful it really is it's a, just a great show and that's a, a very good that's a good segue lynn into um a friend of ours whose um, big birthday is this is tomorrow meaning the 17th so when you listen yeah. to us it's going to be the 18th but if you see this man and you know him or you can call him or text him please wish Mr. Meyer Moskowitz, a big happy birthday because it's a big birthday for him. And, well, you better um, say it. No, no, I won't. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, I, well, you know what? Then I'm going against it, but he is, he's, no, yeah, because he'll kill me. Um, right, it's not me, mind. so I won't. But it doesn't matter. It's a great, it's a milestone. It's wonderful. He doesn't look his age. He doesn't act his age. God knows he acts like a child at times, but I mean. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Get kidding. Wah, wah. But yeah. so please wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> At this point, you'll, it'll be over, and he has a few, uh, would have a few billboards up and some pop-up oh things goodness. at my house. And um, people are going to drive by and yell to him, uh, would have, if, as you're listening, and, and wished him a happy birthday. And my son Tommy's making him a delicious dinner uh on Saturday night and Friday night, his brother Joe and uh, Meyer and I will have something lighter um, for on the day of his birthday. So it's and then once we're able to get back to um, some celebrations and going places, we'll make up. Yeah. For happy, happy, happy birthday to Meyer Moskowitz. Happy birthday, Meyer. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn now 
back to Lori and Lynn. everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PRN special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I'm the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So, the April 2020 AARP Bulletin came out the other day, and uh-huh. there, this was an exceptionally good edition. And there's so much stuff I would like to bring to everybody's attention, but the cover story is all about the scams and the fraud and, and the intensity of this. It's really kind of scary how they do this stuff, but... Hotbeds, they identified hotbeds of fraud, Costa Rica, Nigeria, Florida, Florida especially for Medicare uh, fraud, Romania, Eastern Europe, Jamaica, and India. So all of these are hotbeds where people are calling for different reasons. And uh, the point is that anytime they ask you for any information, like your Medicare or Social Security, numbers or your credit card numbers hang up because nobody nobody really ever does any of that but they they make it look so um, appealing and so legitimate because they copy if it's something you see as an email or a letter they copy the logos of the companies they're trying to represent i know i know it's terrible it's really really bad So just see this whole thing. I'm not going to read all of it, but just the one that I think scares me the most is the most current one, which is the COVID-19 cons. And the pose is you get an email offering a coronavirus vaccine or access to critical medical equipment. The pitch, obviously, anxiety is high and your urge to protect yourself. The approach Some emails ask for credit card information, then bill you for products that never never arrive. Others include a link that will install malware on your computer to steal your passwords. The prevention is to visit government health agency websites for updates. Be wary of emails during the crisis. There is no COVID-19 vaccine as we speak. There may be shortly, but there is none now. So, um, another big one right now this year is uh, for Amazon. Scammers pretend to be Amazon representatives, taking advantage of the fact that the company sent more than three and a half billion packages last year. And it's going to be even more so this year. The pitch, you'll be told, package can't be delivered until you confirm your credit card number. Yep, I've gotten those years. Be- uh, a year ago, I was getting things like that. Thinking, what? Yeah. I never. So I never did it. But I don't trust Thank anybody God. with anything. No, Nothing. and this now especially. So the crooks send out millions of random emails. Within the email is a link that, if opened, places malware on mm-hmm. your computer to harvest data. 
Yep. So don't give any don't give information via a link. That's bad news. And then there's some Medicare cons. Um, this I thought was unique. The approach is the offer usually comes via phone or email. Vans drive through neighborhoods with people knocking on doors, offering tests in return for Medicare numbers. <gasps> now, you know, the prevention, obviously, you never give your Medicare number to anybody, but a trusted medical affairs professional, I'm sorry. And all that stuff. And be wary of the census frauds, too, because they're, you know, just looking for information. But it's really bad. And it's just getting worse and worse. And I just want everybody to make sure that they really think twice before they give any information. And uh, and a lot of times people get recruited into stuff and they don't realize that the people behind it are scammers. But the uh, federal government says um, if you do happen to fall for a scam, report it to the authorities immediately. But importantly, don't beat yourself up. And, and that's just how it is. I know we've talked about this. I'm, I don't know if your mother was ever subjected to any of that. No, no. Mine was. No. Yeah, I mean, if she was, she never told us, but she's pretty good about, was pretty good about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But no, not that I was aware of. Wow. And by the way, I did do the, complete my census this week, too. Oh, good. I did mine two weeks ago. I did that mm. online, or did you send it in? I did it online. Okay. I thought it was so easy to do it online. It was really well done. Yes. Well, actually, what they did the other stuff. Well, I like what they did. They sent you the first packet, then they sent you a reminder, and then they said if you don't participate online, they will send a questionnaire in the mail. So Mm -hmm. um, it was very, very, very easy, and it took five minutes. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was good. So that, I feel good I got that done. One other thing that was in this bulletin that we want everybody to remember is that uh, the primary for Pennsylvania used to be, it was the second Tuesday in April or something, in March. It's moved up to April 28th, by the way. So people may not know that. So if you were planning April or May. I, this is a, and this could be old. You know, I mean, by the time it was printed, it could be old. Uh, this is um, the one that was the April 2020 edition, and it says that um, the primary elections are Tuesday, April 28th. Yeah, ours are aren't. It could be. I think it could be. So, but yeah. but the point is, it's not what it usually is. So, so let's check, know no that. No matter what. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Don't expect to go to a polling place. And find a close because you will, unless you know when. But you know, with all the people, I out wonder what we're going to have doing, to do for that. I don't know. There's some some talk about it all being done electronically. I don't know how that's going to work. It's it's a mess. But in any event, note that it's been postponed. So we are not voting when we normally would vote. There's a lighter thing I thought we could talk about that I think is, is pretty interesting. But You know, there's a, a, a store in Clark somebody called 13 Olives. Are you familiar yes. with that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And he also sells a lot of really fine balsamic vinegars in there, too. It, it, it's a fun experience just to go there because they have 
these urns of the different kinds of olive oils and mm -hmm. a separate room has the balsamic vinegar. But you, it, it's almost like a coffee urn where you pull the little um, right. device back and mm -hmm. it fills Fill a tiny it. little cup with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I just, to me, it, I, I don't have that distinction in taste. I, I can't really tell one olive oil from the next. I just don't have that acumen, I guess, at this point. But for him, you can tell when something is lighter, heavier, darker, colored, whatever. I never thought there was really any difference until I read this article about how to live longer. And it says that some olive oils fight heart disease and cognitive decline. But to get the greatest benefit, you need to pick the right stuff. So they have discovered um, uh, Domenico Practico, uh, Pratico, uh, MD, the director of uh, the Alzheimer's Center at Temple University. They discovered that there are certain types of olive oils that have some compounds in the fat of this oil that can flush out proteins that gum up the communication channels between brain cells that might delay or even reverse Alzheimer's and other dementias. And it's uh, the, the one compound is uh, a polyphenol called oleocanthal. And in animal studies, they found that um, this oleocanthal demonstrated an ability to rinse out amyloids, which form the plaques associated with Alzheimer's. In mice, extra virgin olive oil can flush out, I think you pronounce this TAU, T-A-U, the Greek letter, uh, a protein that hinders language skills and memory in humans. So here's what you've got to figure out. Number one, look for the extra virgin. That distinction means the oil is free of flavor defects. And the highest concentration it also has the highest concentration of this disease-fighting polyphenols. He recommends consuming two tablespoons every day for best effort. That reminds me of the old story about the mineral oil that mm -hmm. mothers they used to hit, take that disgusting stuff twice a day. <laughs> but this isn't so bad. No, and it isn't at two, all. Pick a dark bottle. Exposure to light can destroy the polyphenols. Dark glass or tins offer much better protection. And for better protection, store the oil in a cool, dark place. Number three, check the bottle date. Some olive oils have a shelf life of six months. Others last three years. To find the freshest oil, look for the best before date, which is usually 18 to 24 months from when the oil was bottled. If the best before date is just a few months away, find a fresher oil. And number four, buy from California. In 2014, California began standardized testing. The impact is significant. In 2017, retail samples of unregulated extra virgin olive oils were below standard 82% of the time. But regulated extra virgin olive oil failed only 10% of the time. And this doctor who's with the um, Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic said, I've had dozens of patients who started taking at least one to two tablespoons of EVOO daily, and it had no effect. 
Then he switched them over to California oil. After that, their cholesterol improved. And number five, give it a swig. The more potent and oiled <laughs> flavor. I, I never knew this was true. I, I've had this experience, but I never related it to the olive oil. The more potent and oiled flavor, the more powerful its protective effects. If you feel a slight burn in the back of your throat, it means the oil has high levels of oleocanthal, the polyphenol that's been shown to bust up Alzheimer's plaques. So next time you go out for dinner, olive oil and balsamic, balsamic vinegar, get it. Well, I'm going to tell you that my Tommy always buys, I used to buy Cento um, Extra Virgin all the time. And there's also mm -hmm. that fresh press that they tell you, pressed, you look for right. as well. Um, but Tommy um, always gets, and of course he lived in California for nine years, so he he says, Mom, and it's in a dark green bottle, real dark green bottle, bottle, and it's California, and it's in like a squarish bottle, California mm -hmm. um, brand, and that's what we buy. That's what I buy now, and it's absolutely delicious. So yeah. I agree. It's great. I love so, it. Love it. So keep eating it, everybody. There you keep go. Keep eating it. Consume it. It's good for your brain. Well, and my salads and my dressing and then um, yeah. drinking the bottom of it mm, after it's at that little bit on the bottom. It's so good. So anyway, <laughs> yum. Okay. Oh, all right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our uh, special guest today, Dr. Nicole DeNova from Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Wynn Evans. I am the Managing Director of a company called Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast that's called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And our guest host, guest expert, excuse me, our guest expert today is attorney Nicole. <laughs> now she's an attorney, too. Nah, I didn't <laughs> that title, too. Dr. Nicole DeNova, who is the owner and uh, primary surgeon at Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center in Clark Summit. And um, we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, welcome, Nicole. I'm so happy to be with you both. Yay. Hi, Nicole. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about the, you know, the COVID-19 issue. Everywhere we've been hearing about uh, animals and their ability to get and transmit the COVID-19 virus. So what's the truth about this? What, what is true about that situation? Sure. Um, so for clarification, animals, um, the only two cases that we now know of that are confirmed, um, back in the beginning of March, there was a, a, a very elderly um, Pomeranian. She was about 17 years old, and it was a report that came out of China that she had tested what we call weak positive. So this is a test where we knew that she had um, COVID-19 
detected in her nasal passages. Um, and to be clear, she was living with a caretaker that was COVID-19 positive. She didn't show or manifest any clinical signs. We don't have any uh, evidence whatsoever that animals of any kind can then spread COVID-19 to humans. So I want to be real clear about that. Um, and then just recently, uh, I think it was about a week, maybe 10 days ago, there was a confirmation that a tiger at a zoo in the state of New York uh, tested positive for COVID-19. But again, that tiger's handler was also COVID-19 positive. And we, again, to be clear, have no evidence that animals can then transmit disease to humans. Humans are, uh, when they're COVID-19, um, when in close proximity taking care of these animals, it seems like we now have these two cases, the only two confirmed cases, that have tested positive. Um, you know, the discussion for people out there listening is don't get rid of your dog or cat. Um, don't panic. Um, they're not going to give you COVID-19. They don't just, you know, spontaneously get this virus. If you have pets in the household, that's fine. If everybody's doing their quarantine as they're supposed to, everybody should be safe. If somebody in the household becomes ill, even without a test, I recommend that if you don't have to be the primary caretaker for the cats or the dogs or whatever the case may be, let somebody else take on that duty. If you're tested positive for COVID-19, even more so, let somebody else take care of, you know, the cats or the dogs. Um, and that's just out of, uh, you know, sort of safety and security. Again, we have no evidence that animals have transmitted it to humans, but we just want to be safe and sure. This thing is dynamic. I mean, I think about the fact that we talked about the beginnings of this about a month ago and look yeah. at where we are today. Yeah. Um, and then mm -hmm. the final thing is if you have a service animal, you know, you have for whatever need this animal is um, providing you care, you obviously are reliant on them and they're reliant on you. And even if you were tested COVID-19 positive, nobody's going to suggest that the service animal go away, you know, unless for some terrible reason you're hospitalized. But then it just becomes sort of common sense. You know, don't kiss them. Don't hug them. Keep their bowls clean. Don't share cups and bowls and saucers or whatever the case. It's just about, you know, hygienic safety um, and that should hopefully keep the animals clear of COVID and hopefully keep you from um, sharing it to them. Because the only thing that we don't know now, we do know that animals are not uh, transmitting it to humans. We just don't know, is that going to change? Is that going to change in the near future, in the far future? What does it mean for the animals? No animals have become clinically ill, but we don't, again, this thing is so crazy dynamic. Um, we're trying to stay one step ahead, and that seems pretty difficult on the human side. Um, fortunately, we only have the two cases on animals, but we want to stay safe. I could also see, Nicole, where you'd have a, an animal in the house, let's say, I'm just going to use the example of a dog, who is just so demonstrative, affectionate, and when they see you, they want to jump up on your lap, they want to kiss you, they want to do all those things that they've always done. I I just wonder about the poor animals. What do they think? 
when you have to push them away. You know, you say, for your own safety, but I can't explain this to you, but... Well, and the other thing is, you know, sometimes it's interesting because the population, when I think of family and friends, there's going to be half of the people out there listening right now thinking, you're completely nuts and I'm never going to do that. And the other half is going to think, you know, that's a great idea. And that is that if you are at all concerned, this whole issue about wearing masks, wearing masks does not protect you from other people it protects other people from you and even though i know that i don't have covid19 um if i wear a mask and i expect absolutely every other person out there to wear a mask it's just about this you know quote unquote herd immunity or communal immunity and so sometimes there might be that same concept with our pets if you go to a high-risk job if you're an er doctor and you are potentially exposed every single day, and you come home to your German shepherd, and you want to just have a snuggle because your emotional health depends on it, Mm -hmm. when you get home and have the snuggle with your dog, you might have to just wear a mask. You're actually protecting your dog from you. And if that's what it takes, listen, when we go to the hospital every day, everybody at the hospital uh, is mandated to wear masks. Do you think I stopped kissing patients? because I'm wearing a mask? Absolutely not. It's just unfortunate that I've got this little cloth barrier between me and something fuzzy and lovable who needs, you know, a hug and a kiss at times. But that's just where we are today. And Nicole, how are people dealing with, um, like, uh, customer patients, um, the the parents of the patients? How are they dealing with, because, of course, you know, just like anybody else, but in this case, um, they're scared to death because something may may or may not be wrong. They're bringing them into your hospital, and they're also scared. So uh, I know we talked about this, and it's so important to keep – everything safety measures in place in a in a a a facility like yours um i'm sure and as you told us it it's very um thoroughly done and how do you how do you regulate that do do you feel fear from people or are they just more concerned about the animal and feel a little less crazy um i think because of where as a society we have arrived um I have to say everybody has actually been, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, really kind and considerate and patient. They understand their needs, obviously, but they are also understanding, you know, we have completely new protocols in place. Um, We try and ask everybody to call from their car. So they pull into the parking lot, they're sitting in front of the building, they call to say, I'm here, here's the situation. Um, obviously if it's, uh, actually life and death emergency, they tend to come bursting through the doors and we do what we can to explain to them, here's what we need to do, but we try and accommodate as best as we can. Um, you know, we're trying to explain to everybody an itchy ear right now really is not an emergency. If you can go see your vet, it's better. There's lots of vets that are closing down that they just won't, they're not even opening their doors. They're not seeing clients at all. Um, But obviously, if there's patients that are in pain, even if it's something that some people might think is elective, like a cruciate tear, their dog is terribly painful, they're terribly worried, I can't say no to that family. So we're doing everything that we can, um, and clients are being really incredibly wonderful, understanding, 
that we're trying to do what we can um, to take care of their babies. At the same time, it's not it's not the animals that we're fearful. It's the humans. And so we yeah. have to sort of say to people, it's the humans we need to keep out. It's the animals we can take in. And even though there's precautions that we're doing when we take in an animal, just, you know, wearing gloves and masks and so on and so forth, you know, it's it's my coworkers that need, need to fear me and I need to fear them. At the same time, we have to work as a cohesive group. And it's the clients are bringing in the patients that we've got to be, you know, cautious of one another. But for the most part, despite these new, you know, ways of doing things, having consultations via telephone with somebody in their car in our parking lot, which is so bizarre. Um, you know, I, I say to people all the time, right now I'd be drawing you a picture. I can't do that. So let me try and <laughs> verbally paint a picture for you as to what I'm describing about surgery. Um, it's just... It's just where we are. And, uh, you know, I actually, I got to say, I look forward to being able to hug a client in a moment when they need that. Right now, we can't do that. It's really hard. It's changed a lot about how we do medicine. So it's interesting. You know, it's really funny to look at things that on television, even commercials um, or relatively recent programs that were filmed, and you look at people hugging each other and holding hands and shaking hands and just think, oh, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a weird thing. But we, we can't. It is. It's yeah. bizarre. It so, is. But I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Finish what you were saying. I was just going to say, it is It is sort of so very bizarre in the day and time that we're in. and um, Yet I feel very good about you know, at least at our hospital, we've implemented things early, long before anything was even mentioned or mandated. Um, and it's just our logic was if we can stay open and service the community, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. I cannot imagine, and again, I always put myself in these shoes, if I were a dog or cat parent and something emergent happened and I made a phone call and I received a message saying, sorry, we're closed. Dear God. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, you know, can you imagine calling your local hospital and saying, I feel sick, and they're saying, sorry, we're closed. Yeah. Right, right. And so I think uh. everybody in society that's doing what they can, how they can, um, just to make sure that we can all try and maintain as best as possible, you know, we're looking at the light. The light's coming. It's all going to get back to normal. Everybody just has to keep in mind it's all going to get back to normal. We just don't know when. That's all. Yep. Well, how okay. can anyone who needs you get in touch with you? Um, so they can always call the hospital. It's 570-587-7777. They can always come on in. Uh, just know that, um, you know, they obviously come to the hospital and they're going to dial that phone number from outside the building and we'll give them instructions on what to do next. But, you know, however we can help. And then, of course, there's always social media. We have a Facebook page. Instagram, uh, Twitter account, and it's all under com or just VRECPA for social media tags. 
There you go. Well, Nicole, thank you so much, Dr. Nicole DeNova. And, Nicole, uh, best um, health to you and your little tests and to everybody who is doing such a wonderful job making sure you're available to help anybody's pet in need in an emergent situation. So thank you very, very much, and, and uh, keep up the good work. And, Lynn? Yeah, everybody we'll stay see you. happy and healthy. Thank you. Yeah, good idea. And that's okay. right. And ha and have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.